0: We are recording with Mr. Ron Muller on Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. I just had a brain fart. Sunday, April 23rd, 2023 at 3.37 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Just had on Rick Prado and a couple weeks ago had on Joe Teddai. And for everyone that doesn't know, I'm trying to put together whatever stories I can of people that worked with or got to at least meet Billy Waugh, who passed away a couple of weeks ago at age 93. And, um, I figure I'm in a position where I do, I document things on video for a living. And I've met several individuals who know Mr. Waugh. And on top of thinking it's a cool thing to do, I also kind of feel like it's the right thing to do. And also as someone that just loves history, you know, I it's so cool when you find I found a video of Eisenhower speaking like the other week that I'd never seen before. I'm like, that was the coolest fucking thing. I love Eisenhower, and I can only imagine that in 50 years there'll be someone who's just reading about the legend of Billy Waugh, and maybe I can put together some, you know, secondhand interviews of people that met him. And I think it's the very least that I can do for a giant like Billy Waugh. But Mr. Ron Mueller, whose Twitter's in the description, go follow him. Go give him some love. Don't make me look like a fucking idiot. Ron, please introduce yourself.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Ron Moeller. Um, I, I'm here because uh, all the all the tier one folks are are busy doing real stuff. So, I'm I'm tier bottom, and uh, I'm I'm happy to talk about my few remembrances of of Mr. Billy Waugh.
0: You are tier number one in my heart. Don't you ever forget that, Ron? Stop. Stop. You're number one. No, no hallmark moments here, dude. Hey, this isn't. This is real. This is coming from the heart. Ron's number one in my heart. Um, but yeah because obviously there's I only know what I've read about him, and so I'm kind of just collecting the things I... It's funny, most of the guys have asked, I'm like, can you tell me what you know about Billy? And they're like, yeah, I can't, that's classified. I'm like, can you just make something up? And they're like, all right, I'll come on and talk about having a beer. I'm like, you don't need to tell me about the time you guys had, like, some president in the crosshairs. Just make something up, <laughs> like so. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if these interviews are accurate. I might just be putting together horse shit. Um, but yeah, what do you got, Ron? Well,
1: yeah, you know, I, I only met Billy... Uh once or twice it's I've been trying to rack my brain I I mean uh, he did give me his business card and uh, so I was thought that was pretty cool
0: yeah
1: uh, that's that's one of those it's better than a coin because um, yeah. it's you know Billy wah um, yeah. but anyways the uh, I met Billy uh, in the you know in the early days of the Afghan conflict and um, he was um, he was doing counter surveillance for uh, the uh, the guys going out from the from the station there in Kabul and, of course, I was running back and forth from the station to the airfield trying to run air operations for the agency. And and it turned out also for the U.S. Embassy and a whole host of other swinging Johnsons that, you know, said, hey, these are the only guys really flying in and out of Kabul. Um, but <clears throat> one night, uh, Billy, uh, he just sort of, I don't know, saw I was getting a little stressed. And because uh, I'm trying to, I'm running a 24-7 air operation, you know, rotary at night, fixed wing during the day. and know, Hey, sleep, forget that. And, uh, but Billy kind of pulled me aside just kind of gave me a, uh, uh, the old Sergeant Major boot up the ass, but in a, in a, in a way that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not some 18 year old private, but, uh, you know, an inspirational talk about, you know, we're out here doing, doing God's work. We're doing the right thing. And, you know, so he's talking to me, but by the time the conversation's over the the crowd around us is pretty, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of folks yeah. and, uh, you could have heard a pin drop and, you know, cause, cause, cause Billy, Billy came to us, you know, came to Kabul, you know, he's like what, 72, 73 years old. I mean, and yeah, but he's a freaking legend. And even, even the most jaded of the old time, you know, ground branchers and other, and other ag- sort agency personnel that were there, you know, they were, they were in awe of him. You know, and Billy's no big guy. I mean, he's you know he's a, you know I'm six two, but Billy's a little shorter than that. But still, he you know, he he was definitely the you know the, the big guy in the room. Uh, the people that were the most annoying about it were the uh, the the new kids that had been hired by the agency and and who just had come on just prior to 9/11. You know, and they were like, "Who, who the fuck is this old guy?" You know, what the hell is he doing? You know, get out of my way! No, 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 no. So anyway, but you know, Billy was—he was, um, he was uh, polite, and uh, you know, but and he did his job. And and in the counter-surveillance role, Billy was just excellent because the man had eyes in the back of his head and uh, had a good, great sense of street smarts and lots of experience. And, uh, but, and he would relay that experience to you without making you feel small or belittling you or, or making himself out to be some sort of, uh, omnipotent, uh, you know, un, you know, you know, in a, you know, unfallible type of guy, you know, he, he, but yeah, so it was, I mean, he was real and he was the real deal. And, uh, as I think, as I listened to your earlier interview with Rick, um, and, uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Billy never liked to talk about Billy. And uh, you really had to peel back the onions and the layers and stuff like that. And I was reminded, and I was kind of refreshing my memory. um, I don't know if you're aware of this book. Surprise Kill, uh, yeah, I've read it a couple times. That's how I first learned about Billy, yeah. Okay, well, you know, it's... About it's about seventy percent true, okay. I, you know I'll just say that, I'm, okay, because when this was written, a lot of stuff couldn't come out, so some of the other stuff's come out now, so it you know you got to take it with you know yeah. like, okay, this information is now updated and stuff yeah. like this, but with regards to Afghanistan and Iraq and things like that. but yeah, no Billy. Billy was a was a great person he he made you feel um, you know, oh, you know he like you were part of the team and um uh, i always appreciate that cuz i did not come from like rick from the the pararescue world yeah. i'm not i'm not a delta guy i'm not yeah. a seal team 6 guy hell i'm not even a tadpole 1 guy you know i mean i'm you know i'm a, you know, i'm just i'm just you're wrong i'm just i'm just an air branch guy you know I, i'm ron you know, i'm ron that's right i'm like i'm like bob in Ma- in, yeah. in top gun maverick you yeah. know? i'm i'm the guy in, i'm bob baby on board Delta, and, um, dev grew Ron, hey guys yeah pretty close (laughs) actually that happened a few times so but billy always made you feel like no you were you were just as important as everybody else because everybody had an important role to play as long as you you know stood up to the plate and 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 did your role instead of like oh i I can't do anything you know and, and react you know and just kind of melt under pressure type of thing but like i said you know i was i was getting pretty stressed and uh Billy kind of gave me a, you know, a little motivational talk, and I, uh, I never forgot that. And uh, even though I did get stressed in the future and other deployments and things like, which is natural, everybody mm-hmm. does, um, I always remembered, you know, what the, you know, the the inspiration that Billy gave me. So
0: um, that's
1: that's my memory.
0: And a guy like that probably isn't kissing your ass and making you feel like part of the team. That's I, I would imagine that's someone that truly believes everyone there is there for a reason he's not just kissing your ass it's someone that truly understands the entire system you know if you understand the entire system if you're running a corporation you're not just kissing the ass you know if you're talking to some you know pimple-faced kid at the grocery store but (laughs) but you're the ceo you're like no like you you work at the cashier like you are the point of transaction you're where the magic happens they give us the money you're probably not kissing ass you genuinely believe what you're saying so i'd imagine someone like that Right cuz you could do that. You could look at someone and be like this guy's retarded but like I'm going to try to make him feel better. I would imagine someone like Billy probably isn't probably is not blowing kisses for the sake of blowing kisses. I would imagine that he genuinely meant what he said and that that's probably got to well, carry some
1: weight. No, I mean you could tell. I mean I I'm I mean I wasn't that total night na- na- naive little young case officer. I mean I I've been a case officer. Gosh uh gosh uh blum blum not quite fourteen years. Yeah, time 9-11 sure. happened. So you know, I sure. Yeah, like, you're not. Yeah, I, I can. I can tell. Like I can see you right now. That you're like, oh shit, I got to spend an hour with this guy now. Oh man, I can't believe it. Ron, see, number Ron, one you, in your
0: heart, Ron. Ron, ha, Ron never has any confidence. I bring him on here for like the fifteenth time, and he's like, I know you don't want to talk
1: confidence. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just want to keep your expectations real. I don't.
0: So, I, 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 I. The the biggest compliment I can ever give anyone is inviting you on the show. And this, I appreciate that. This podcast is a dictatorship. As much as I love the United States, this podcast is not representative. There there is taxation <laughs> without any representation. You no one gets to the say there's no focus groups. I don't read the comments. There's no feedback. I have on who I want to have on. And if it just so happens that the podcast works out, it works out. I don't give yeah.
1: a, iron fist. I am No, it's all it's all good. I, I I'm just pulling the <laughs> know, chain. But uh, I know. Um But no, I mean but Billy was the kind like, like I said, Billy was the kind of guy that could could inspire you with you know his patriotism, his dedication to duty, his sense of um let's let's go out there and do the mission and um and that was that was important and, and i i and I think in some ways he communicated that same you know essence whatever to other people there at station because while a lot of us were there focused a lot of people were you could already tell that there were some ladder climbers showing up in the early days. And that wanted to do everything just the way we used to do it in headquarters, and not the way uh things would uh be done uh you know in in a in a wartime situation in a very fluid situation and uh you know billy Billy reminded me that you know above all you know mission accomplishment adhering you know i mean find out what your left and right limits are what what the what the end goal is what the and what the desired end state to use the military term is and uh move out and accomplish it as long as you didn't you know break any rules or break any hearts you know you could uh you go for it
0: so to maybe dive a little more into billy and that book is fantastic i was just telling mr prado when i first read that i think i read it the summer before i started the podcast so like summer 2019 i thought billy wall was an i thought it was a fake character i thought he was like because sometimes sometimes you know authors were will amalgamate like 10 people so that to cover the identity right, right it'll they they can tell a story a bunch about a bunch of delta operators but they'll make them a woman or something it's just so to for to, for, to protect uh, anonymity i genuinely thought billy Waugh was just a made up fucking character oh no Cause i was billy like,
1: billy was, was i thought she, i thought she
0: spelled wall like w a i'm like that's a fake name wa that's just that's 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 bad writing and then i actually looked at it cuz i was listening to the audiobook and i went i was like oh w a u g h and i looked at and i was like oh holy shit this is a yeah. real guy um and so you go into that, and so, you know, talking to you, talking to Prado or Dale or Ted or Baz or all these guys that knew him, and it's all kind of this, you know, it's similar stories. It's just the larger than life, but, you know, humble as the day is long. At a certain point, you have to go back to the source, so you're looking at a stream, and it's like, well, where the stream? Well, that came from the brook upstream. Where's the brook? The brook's from the the, the pool. Where's the pool? That's from the waterfall, and that's from the. Ri- Eventually, you have to go back to the spring, right? So we're everyone's looking up at him, and it's he, you know, mm-hmm. he believed in the mission. He's makes you feel a part of the team. Never give up, you know. Never satisfy, you know. Never take no for an answer. Never back down. But once you get to him, you got to go. Well, where does that come from? And yeah. what did he tap into that? maybe we haven't tapped into right we're all looking at there's like a meme and it's the guy that lo- some guy that lost to michael phelps in the olympics and it's like a foot before the f- whatever finish line and they're swimming and you see the guy's head you know he's taking a breath and he's looking at phelps and phelps is looking dead ahead and says so the guys that come in second place look at the guys in first place and the guys that uh come in first place are looking at the finish line they don't give a mm-hmm. shit I guess what I'm trying to like pull apart surgically is what did he see? Cause it doesn't seem like he was looking up to anyone. Not to say that he's, that he's like arrogant or something. It just, it seems like he was tapped more into a truth. He was resolute, you know, Tommy, Tommy respects the laws of gravity. If you ask me why, I'd be like, did you jump off a ladder. Tell me how it works out. Like gravity's real. It seems like he tapped into some sort well, of more. Look, look at his, his
1: upbringing. I mean, his, sure. you know, and, and, the era when he grew up you know yeah. uh, you know depression you know the beginnings of world war 2 and Korea. and uh, you know the you know the, the strong sense of, of of nation of patriotism of of of, of country above self and uh, of duty and uh, you know he carried that with him throughout and uh, that and that's and that's you know I, and uh, you know rick was talking about you know the 2%ers and then the 1% of the 2%ers and and things like that of the uh, the people that are, you know, in the military and then in the in the soft world, and it's um, and and those are the people that I th- I think for the most part really believe. I mean, I'm not going to say every every one of the two percenters in today's military is a is a raging patriot because I think Lloyd Austin would have probably kicked most of those people out already by now. Sorry, editorializing no, here. Not,
0: no, fuck that guy. Fuck that communist. Yeah, just... well,
1: no, you no, and. Um, so yeah it's I, I think he he grew up in that era and 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 he could you know he had that that sergeant major sense um that he could he could detect similar vibes from from like minded people like motivated people that uh and he and and those kind of people always surround themselves with those other with those people and together they make i mean the the sum is greater than the parts mm. and it's i mean it's um that's the kind of thing that Billy, you know, Billy and you know, it was one of those things that we kind of all sort of knew, you know, because we all were like, hey, you know, we're 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 Sog, you know, we're Special Ops Group, you know, we're cool, whether we're ground branch or air branch or maritime or whatever, you know, but we you know we were all we knew we were the the elite of the of the best, you know, or whatever. I mean, that was you know that was the headquarters mentality, but you know, in the field, we realized we all had to work together and and try to make everybody you know form a team a cohesive team to get get done what needed to get it done and uh, you know so it was and billy billy reminded us of that and uh, you know said you know so you know a lot, some you know um how what's a good war story i can tell about that so we had we had a gentleman there <clears throat> he'd been a former navy intel guy and he claimed he had been a navy intel guy in a seal team but the way he said it it sort of inferred that he was a SEAL but he wasn't okay I mean so okay and and he ran a special program and you know, some of the things he did in that special program are like I remember one conversation we had in the bullpen one day I wasn't in the conversation but I could hear it uh, one of the wiser people there said you better be careful because someday you're going to have to testify in front of Congress on what you're doing here. And, you know, that's that's not going to go over too well. And then another person said, either that or you're going you're to be the one they're going to throw under the bus. Mm. So, you know, and these guys were speaking from experience because they've been around, you know, a day and a week in the agency. And, and the agency is always, you know, the famous, you know, a football for political expedience. And, and then the agency looks around for its scapegoat type of thing. Well, you know, he he poo pooed all that, and um, and that was the and, and then I remembered you know Billy's talking. I go, okay, this is the guy who really doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to take input, guidance, uh, constructive criticism, however you want to put it. And he's somebody probably to avoid. And went because when you know he tried to tell me one day how to how to do one of my jobs. And I just kind of looked at him. and I said, "Thank you for your interest in national defense." And I, I got this. And I'll, I'll do it the way, I'm, I'm gonna do it. And because my name's on the bottom line, so you know, and yeah. he, he started raising a ruckus and making a, throwing a little temper tantrum in the bullpen. And we're all like, looking at him like, dude, shut the f up, yeah, get out of here. Fuck this guy. Well, yeah, but you know, unfortunately, yeah. he, you know, he could, he could run to the chief of station and go, they're being mean to me. And because he was the special program guy, you know, they, you know, he had to be protected and had to be stroked and what all, what anyways. So, um, I ran into him a couple of years later at a different, different station. And, uh, I guess he'd been taken down a few pegs. He wasn't quite so cock of the walk anymore, but I still, you know, the character, his, his, his initial character hadn't really changed. He was still, what's in it for me? You know, how can I get ahead? You know, who, whose shoulders do I need to step on to, you know, take my career to the next level, type of thing. So, yeah, whatever. But, you know, again, I just I'm reminded, you know, Billy. Billy taught me, you know, a lot about humility and, you know, just just do the job and, and your reputation will take care of itself and for better for worse. So, hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, I'll just do a humble brag for a minute. I I was uh, I was on another podcast with. Uh, a, a gentleman who um, was a, a former uh, non-official cover officer years ago. But he and I have mutual acquaintances in the agency, now retired, of course. But And, you know, I, I read the guy's short bio, and, you know, I'm like, damn. You know Being a knock is, I'm, I think, one of the hardest jobs because, you know, you, you have to live really two separate lives. You know, you have to live your, your commercial cover life and then you have to remember that you're also an intelligence collector. And it's, so it's it's really tough. And, I mean, tradecraft has to be, you know, beyond reproach. Uh, but anyways, he, you know, he I introduced myself and, you know, complimented him and told him what an honor. He says, oh, I was talking to so-and-so about you. And I go, oh, shit. You know, the inside, you, you just feel your insides going, oh, you got here. Come- yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh, I'm going to crumple. He says, he says, you're the real deal. I go, oh, man, that from this guy that was high praise i'm like shit like i guess i didn't fuck up too much and maybe he he never did find out the mistake i'm not yeah, kidding but yeah, yeah. you know but i'm like damn so um, you know again i re- i i go back to what billy said you know do your job just do it well and don't pound your chest and it'll all take care of itself and and you see that in, in the history of billy's legacy and and uh you know of all, all the things he did and everybody you know talking about what he what he accomplished and he didn't do it for personal recognition he did it because he believed in the mission he believed in the people he was working with and for. and, uh, he, and he did it very well so you know I, I, I couldn't think of a better way to be remembered for a life well lived than uh, than that guess, my rant.
0: no no it is beautiful no it's I I have a, there's always a very scary reaction when people go, oh, dude, I watch your podcast. I'm always like, <laughs> I mean, I, I always joke, but like, I always kind of like take a step back. <laughs> and, you know, some people are like, I fucking love it, man. I'm like, oh, cool. Some people are like, the amount of hate speech. you I'm like, all right, get it out. Like, oh, but God. that's, that's always an experience when someone within physical proximity, somebody, if somebody messages me about my, whatever. But when when I'm in, like, a room and someone's like, I watch your show, I'm like, oh, Jesus, God in heaven. (laughs) Like, you know, where's the exit? Like, holy shit. Um, But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hung up on, in a good way, what his, I guess, personal mentality was. Because there is... You have to celebrate the heroes. You have to celebrate the legends. But, and this doesn't apply to him, but in general... You don't want to fill up too much of your present time with nostalgia. So like what I mean by that is you don't uh, whatever, uh, you know a band, you don't want them playing the greatest hits all the time. It's fine every once in a while, but you want them to still be producing, right? You don't want Tom Brady talking about what he did. You're like that's all well and good, but we're paying you 40 million dollars to win again. Looking at a hero or a legend, like you have to do that. But I'm I'm more focused on like ha- I want to tap into what he saw and felt. Not necessarily, I'll never do what he did. No one's questioning that. But in terms of, like, living your everyday life and things you do, there's an unshakable, I wouldn't even say faith, because that still implies some sort of leap of faith. It seems like he tapped into something as certain as the sun is rising, that he just Mm -hmm. knew that this is what we do. And, like... (laughs) What do you mean? Why am I going when I'm 73? My legs still work. Of course I'm going. Yeah. That is, that is, you know, whenever I find like a new song or something, like I try to, I try to, you know, listen to an old song, you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember listening to that on the first day of college. That always brings me back to August 2009. And so whenever something new in my life happens, like I, you know, a couple months ago I moved back up to New England to be closer to family, and I found like a couple new songs. I'm like, I'm gonna listen to these on repeat and make like a new memory. This is my new. And so instead of going back and living in yesteryear, it's I I want new memories now. And it kind of keeps the richness of life flowing. And I guess I want to tap into what he felt and to live in that and kind of move from there, like create the legends. Now, does that make sense? Am I putting this correctly in a word? It's very hard to well, materialize I mean, what I'm trying to say.
1: It, it, I, I, I think I understand. I'm, okay. I mean, I, I think I can summarize it in in two two bullet points here. One, Billy had an unshakable faith in America, okay. and and you know the and all and all the red, white, and blue patriotism, Star Spangled Banner. But he had an unshakable faith in in that America. That was the America he grew up in. That's why he he wanted to fight for. He wanted to defend her, and he wanted to you know, do his part. Um, the, and the other thing is is um, I guess the second bullet point was, um, I guess what you're trying to trying to tap into is sort of what um, at the end of the uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, the uh, the newspaper publisher burns um, the uh, the notes of his reporter uh, that Jimmy of uh, uh, what Jimmy Stewart had been talking about, and uh, something about when the fact becomes legend, print the legend, so
0: hmm.
1: you know. Ne- so if you, I'm sorry, I'm an old movie buff no. or either that or I'm just an old guy, one of the two, or maybe both. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe. but uh, no, I, th- I think Bill, Billy just, he had that unshakable faith in, in, in America. He, he didn't care about career. He didn't care about promotions or awards or, or recognitions or anything. He, he cared about America. He cared about the people he served with and he wanted to do, do the mission. And that was always his point. And you know, if he heard the sound of guns, he was like looking for the quickest way to get there. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's just, I, I was, you know, I mean, I, re- I was re- rereading the passage where he's, he's in a beach chair outside of Kofer Black's office. Yeah. Down the old, uh, right after 9-11. And, uh, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. You know, I mean, you know, and you know, I mean, Koford Black was, uh, I mean, you know, makes, he made me feel small. That dude just had a, he had a presence about him. And, uh, I still remember one day I'm sitting in my office and, and uh, my boss says, you know, hey, go, go, to, go to so-and-so place in Dulles and, and, and go pick up Kofor Black. He, he'd flown in on a, on a private jet from somewhere or something, yeah. whatever, not important. And I'm going like, oh, shit, does he have luggage? Well, I think he's just got a hand, you know, like carry on. I'm going, oh, shit. And Kofor's a big guy. And that day is the day I driven my 911 to uh, to work. So I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be a tight fit. <laughs> so I, I I zoom my ass over to Dulles from uh, from Langley and and walk into the FBO and there's there's Kofer and I go, I go I mean I knew who he was. I says hi, Mr. Black. I'm I'm Ron. I'm you know so and so sent me to to come grab you back to. HQ, you got your you got all your papers, so I can get you onto the compound. He goes, oh, "Of course I do." And I go, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, some people when they go on trips, they you know just keep it at home or whatever." So, so he he says, uh, "I parked right out in front." And he goes, "Oh wow, nice car." I says, "You sure you're gonna fit?" He says, "Hell yeah, let's let's go." And so we're driving down the toll road, you know, and he's like, "Can't you go any faster?" Yeah,
0: see what this thing can do.
1: I'm like. Sure thing, boss. You know, whatever. You yeah. know, I'll just I'll just tell the Virginia State Trooper, hey, no sweat here. You know, we're we're on our way to see the president. Yeah. But anyway, so I, you know, it was it was a we just had a general conversation. You know, nothing nothing intense. I mean, I, my Porsche wasn't classified as a portable skiff, in that day. So, but it was it was cool. You know, yeah. it was just. But you know, i again. I, you could you know, Kofler also had that same thing. You know, he was, um, had a certain. How do, you, how do you put this you know he he could see beyond all the all the crap that was in front of him he could see the end goal gotcha and and and, and he uh he wanted to accomplish the mission he knew what the mission was was to you know find and and fix and kill al-qaeda and you know that was that was the mission, and of course everybody's you know buzzing around you know the president and tenant and him and other people, you know wringing their hands, doing this, doing that, and uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a, I do remember one thing that Kofor said to me, because um, I'd remember uh, i I'd been waiting to do something in in CTC coordinate something or other, and john brennan walked in now brennan he wasn't the director then he was he was on the on uh the national security staff and he was um some counterterrorist advisor dude whatever and he'd showed up you know he he'd just been back from his stint in Riyadh as the chief or something like that. So, but he walked in and it's almost like you could hear the, uh, the Darth Vader death March you know, <laughs> type thing. I mean, people just sort of scurry, you know, I was like, you know, the, the light got sucked out of the atmosphere. <laughs> Get colder in the room. But yeah. And, uh, I, I kind of, I says, boy, you know, I you know, we're just driving along. I'm like, well, shit, you know, you're not in my food chain, but you know, you know and I'm driving the car so I said, so you know I mean so the other day I, I saw saw you know mr. Brennan walking in and Kofor let go with a few choice uh, words that you know <laughs> you know and uh and I says yeah I says well I got to tell you I mean that you could feel a chill in the air he says he says he says son you take my word you just you avoid that man yes sir got it no problem oh wow Oh yeah, I mean, you know, Cofer was a good judge of character. So, yeah. I I mean, I was I had a lot of respect for him and, and you know, the way he, you know, he did that and you know, and like I said, Billy and him and, and others and like Rick that you had on just now, you know, we all we all eventually found each other. We didn't know each other at the time and I think, you know, the crisis of 9/11 and post 9/11 made it so that, you know, those sorts of people showed themselves and it's so sort of like weird magnetic thing and oh, 100%. You
0: know,
1: we, we pulled together and we we found each other and we we accomplished the mission so yeah that was i always think that was the, and i always felt super honored and sometimes i really had to you know look at the mirror and or you know like 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 look at myself going am i really doing this with these guys i mean i'm like jesus you know these these are the guys you know you read about and you you and things like that, and here I am, just you know, shoulder to shoulder with these guys, trying to do this stuff, and oh, yeah. like, damn, I, I, it was it was pretty, it was humbling and awe-inspiring, and uh, you know, I was I was happy, yeah,
0: no, I, and I, mean, I was proud, and yet, yeah, yeah, and you have to not, you have to not fanboy, I and mean, you're talking about that. I mean, no, well,
1: I couldn't I, fanboy in, in the office. I mean, I, you know, no, I, no they'd shoot you. Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Well, no,
0: I mean, yeah, no, I get that on here. I'm meeting people. I'm like, all right, I'm like, play it cool, play. It. But what you were working with them, it's even wilder. When not only do you meet someone that like you look up to or you've researched a lot, like you know, before I ever had them on, like a Doctor McCullough or a Doctor Malone or some authors I have on or whatever, right. or like you know, I'd been a fan of like Joe Kent for you know like a year before I got him on here, and then you get and like that's one experience, right? When you have them on. You're like that was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this other worldly thing entirely when you'll hear like Dr. McColl and be like, you know, and there's a great podcaster, Tommy, I go on a show all the time, and you're like, Oh, he can he oh, I yeah. work with you're like, holy fuck and it is Yeah. No, it's in it it's in, it 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 resolidifies your belief in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is the right thing to do. Like, you immediately in that moment stop giving a. Sh- you you see the bigger picture, right? You're like, fuck everything else. Like, this is the right thing to do. It's a, well, it it's a, it's a, it pulls you by the gut in a way that nothing else can, right? That there yeah. are the, there are the there are the sparkling goals of like money or or status, and those are all ethereal. Those are all you know, very surface level highs. They're here and they're gone. But there's something a little more you you feel it in your right. bones when you yeah. when you know you're doing the right thing.
1: Like, when people that you respect respect you in turn is it's you know you it, it gives you that feeling of like I'm doing the right thing.
0: Well, it zaps you with energy too. you, yeah. Fuck, you Oh you yeah. Fucking exhausted. You sit down. Doctor McCall comes on. He's like, we're breaking this news right now. It's, you, you 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 didn't you don't even know you slept for three hours. You're right up, and all of a sudden it feels like you're on a gallon of coffee, and it's like. Maybe that's the thing to search for—is that sense of, back to Billy Wa, that sense of like your feet are planted. You don't you mm-hmm. don't feel like you're in an earthquake. You're not you're not wishy-washy. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? It's I'm doing this, and I, and it's and it's hard because yes.
1: once you once you find it, you realize it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And and so you you maximize that opportunity, and then you go off to the next thing, and you know you always try to. Recreate, reassemble, recreate, reassemble, whatever, and and, and it, you know, and sometimes it comes close, and sometimes you find other other folks, and you get there, but it's eh, never quite the same high that it was in the, the past. I mean, so, I, I'm not saying that you know, Billy was one of the probably the most biggest mountaintop experiences just from the interactions, you know, the the we had, but you know, it it inspired me to. I guess have other mountaintop experiences that were similar in altitude but different in in execution and in what we did. But
0: well, it's it's back to the thing of what I was saying earlier about like listening to a song because it reignites a feeling you had, and it's definitely enjoyable. You know, it's an enjoyable part of life, but you also want to create to like create new things and. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I'll play video games with, you know, some friends from the podcast and every once in a while everyone's there and like the mood is right and everyone's just laughing and like the jokes are great and it's fucking incredible. And then you'll try to get on the next night and get the same people there and try to get the same thing. And it's not there. and You just mm-hmm. you come to accept that they're organic. You know, you stop trying to recreate the old ones you cherish them for what they are, you watch the video and you're like, that was a fucking hilarious night, we were shit-faced. But instead, you just kind of keep going, you you keep showing up every day and doing the work, and not every time is gonna be great, but you can also, like, recognizing a storm is coming, like the pressure drops, you start seeing the bottoms of the leaves, you can feel when something great's coming, and your instinct says, like, stick around, like, this is it, mm-hmm. like, this is the thing. And then you get lost in it and you enjoy it. And then now all of a sudden you've got this this new memory. And I think that is, I think that's maybe the wisdom I'm trying to like pry out of. Because what you said, you know, don't worry about your reputation. Do the right thing. The reputation follows, right? Mm-hmm. Focus on winning. Everything else follows. Don't focus on on the reputation. Focus on doing the right thing. Everything else follows. I think that's what I'm trying to get from bill is he seemed to be so he, resolute he, was. He, yeah. he, he
1: had he had he had focus yeah and uh he uh, i mean he, he walked into the room and you know, he i mean his his confidence his that aura it was you, i mean some people just have that 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 they just radiate confidence and and command a room and uh, command attention uh, so when you know Billy spoke, even if he said, "Where's where the where's the coffee?" You know, everybody like, you know, it's, it, it resonates. American type. Eagle flies by. <laughs> doing... Yeah, not quite that bad, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but still, it was. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, just... no, I got you. It was it was impressive, I... and uh, you know, it was it was good, and I you know, it's uh, I I was honored to uh, have have met him, and that was it was a good thing. I imagine.
0: I imagine that the turning point in understanding, I guess the entire concept of him would be like, like I remember being like a freshman in college and just taking like one biology class and was freaking out and was always stressed. And you're right. And then, you know, you'd have a buddy or something a couple years older than you. You're like, dude, that guy's juggling like nine different chemistry classes and studying for the MCAT. And he's still going to the football games and having fun you're like, that guy's a fucking titan. And then you just keep improving every semester. You get better at studying, about managing your time. You learn how to kind of forget the fluff, the bullshit. That's not going to be on the test. Just throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. And then it, it hits you one day when, like, you're a senior, like I was, and I was just acing every class, and you have a friend that's a couple years younger than you, and they're like, dude, I can't wait to, like, like, be like you. And all of a sudden you have that moment you go, Oh, fuck, I'm the thing you're looking up to now. But you never had a moment where all of a sudden it clicked. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden your idol's no longer there. They've graduated. They've gone to medical school. And you're just going about your everyday life. You're still very self-critical. And then you have, like, friends that are, like, look up to you. And then all of a sudden you understand your idol. You go, oh, they never once saw themselves as something great. They were probably looking up to someone before them. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's maybe a turning point or an inflection point and understanding is when someone looks up to you and you probably are thinking to yourself, like, why are they looking up to me? Like, I'm a fucking idiot. I wonder if that's probably part of it. If you know, Billy walks into a room and everyone looks at him and he's in his mind thinking like, why do they look up to me?
1: No, I don't think Billy ever had that moment. I I think Billy was the rarest just of different rare animal. People. He was just fucking about animal. the goal. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah, wasn't yeah, thinking I about really,
0: shit. Just one for the, just one for the jugular every time. Pretty much, yeah. I don't know. I I I think there's 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 a satisfaction in always pursuing a goal. Uh, I when I'm pursuing a goal, there's nothing I want more in the world than to achieve it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And there's nothing, and right below that is there's nothing I want more in the world than to not achieve it because it will mean the hunt is over. There is no greater empty feeling than getting into medical school. I was like now what I vividly remember thinking now what <laughs> like I did the thing it took four years to get here I got the envelope you're part of the point one percent that got accepted you're like oh cool Throw are out the window like what the fuck to do now and you know talking to Rick just an hour ago you saying Billy was going for it forever because it was win-win no matter what the legend continues or he dies and the legend mm-hmm. becomes it becomes the legend I don't know. Maybe because it's hard, right? It, it's hard to, to look at all the flaws in this country and it's hard to have an unshakable faith in it. And maybe I need to, as Rick was saying, maybe I need to go, go serve 90 days in a hell hole to realize what this place is. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to criticize everything going on and, you know, make jokes. Oh yeah. You have neon blue hair and you think you're a woman or whatever the fuck. That maybe that's the real difficulty is looking at it, and even for all of its, you know, birthmarks and defects, still loving it. I think that's maybe the yeah the, re- the real mountain to climb is to love it no matter what.
1: Yeah, I, I remember every time uh, I came back from a, a deployment, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, the Balkans, the Philippines. It was always nice when you you came back the United States and you know you hand the the customs dude your passport and and he says welcome back welcome back home and yeah it was I mean you know 24 hours earlier I was living in the middle of the fifth world shithole and here I am you know fighting beltway traffic and you know like worrying that my you know blooming onion at the outback is going <laughs> to yeah. be cold or something I, you know whatever yeah. but yeah, it it was it, it was a it was a remarkable good feeling. Even even my trips to uh, Western Europe, you know, Germany, Norway, those sorts of places, you know, uh, for conferences and what all. You know yeah, it's okay. Yeah, they got all the accoutrements, yeah, they look like us, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not the same. And you know, and, and I I think I heard Rick say that, you know, you know, he came over as a as a young as mm-hmm. a young boy. Yeah, ten. You know, so well, you know, <clears throat> my parents came over from post-war Europe and, uh, you know, met, married and had me. And so, you know, just, just like, uh, I think in a way, you know, Billy with the appreciation for the country that he was born and raised in and, and Rick as well. Um, I, I had that as well, you know, because my parents, you know, had seen the other side. They'd they'd seen the utter devastation of of Europe in the post World War II and 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 they really appreciated everything, you know, warts and all that they had had been provided the opportunities they had been provided here in the United States, and uh, so it was that those sorts of things. I it's not like a lesson, you know, it's not like a homeschool lesson, yeah. but it's something you just you just absorb through your pores. That was uh, was I think very important and. So, yeah, I, so it's a, it's a sense of patriotism that, like, like Rick was saying, that a lot of, you know, a great majority of the people in this country do not have. I mean, going to Cancun uh, is not going to Mexico. Um, you know, going, going to uh, Jamaica is not going to the Caribbean, you know, because, you know, they, uh, I mean, you've never, you've never really experienced going out of your comfort zone and, you know, going someplace where you are, you are the only white face and you really feel, and I'm not making that as a racial thing, but just as you're, as you're the only Westerner type of thing. You're the only Yankee. Yeah. And you're, you're feeling really like, and you're looking and and observing and you're like looking at the utter poverty of people, um, you know, um, you know, lining up to go to the uh, community uh, water spigot yeah. to get reason what they what they would classify as fresh water, which you and I would consider very polluted water. Yeah, we'd consider
0: um, it not not fit for the toilet.
1: Exactly. Uh, you know, not non potable, at, at the politest term. Yeah. You know, I was... So it. Yeah, It's it's, it's a it's a. It takes a mindset, and it takes a mind reset to uh, understand that we've got it real. We've got it real good, and and uh, to appreciate that. And so when you know people are complaining about this, that, and the other thing, yeah, I got it, and I'm complaining about it too. But at the same time, you know, <clears throat> you can have all the blue hair you want and pink hair, and you can you can identify as a whatever you want to, and you can have as many L B D blah blah, blah you're whatever five. alphabet after your name, but just know that if 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 you want to come with me to uh, you know any place in the Middle East and you start spouting that shit, you're gonna you're gonna go to the rooftop gardens of the nearest tall building and you're gonna fly.
0: You're gonna fly. So you know, knock case. it off. Best case, yeah. Or you're gonna get so, yeah some chic with a the the sword's gonna gonna make your head fall off
1: and it's so. It's it's hilarious, but you know, and the, and the, it's a lack of understanding and appreciation of that. And uh, but there, but I could go on and on and on.
0: And it and it's you know I obviously hold no water for it. I always shit on those, it's psychopathic Marxists in my generation. But purely from like a philosophical observation, there is something beautiful about seeing a bunch of people with neon hair marching because they have a new pronoun and it's beautiful (laughs) and it's beautiful in that this place is so safe relatively obviously everything's relative we have moved so far in the advancement of society that that is a bone to pick there is something right we joke about you know the first world problems but there's something beautiful about a first world problem. It's because I mean I think about I think about cramming podcasts together on a MacBook when I was 30 and still living above my parents garage and I'd do them and then I'd have to offload it onto a USB drive because there wasn't enough memory in, so I could record the next one and then I'd finish them all up and I'd have to run to the liquor store. And to me like now my problems are like oh the fucking the light isn't the right hue I want in my, like, custom in-home studio. And every once in a while, I have to stop and be like, this has succeeded so far beyond. You know, I bitch now because there's four digits in the number. I'm like, what is this, 1196? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, you've got to do 1,100... Like, I'm so lucky to be able to, like, talk to these people. And there is something beautiful. Now, it doesn't mean it's any less annoying. It doesn't mean you want to just kick them in the face and be like, you're not... I don't care if you identify as a fox. Like, you're a fat woman. Get a job. Like, as much as you want to kind of have those sort of guttural, there is something like, (laughs) you know, if you're so rich, you're, you know, you're concerned whether or not your Bentley is plated in platinum or gold. Though petty, there's something badass about it. (laughs) Because it's like, you've come so far. There is something kind of And again, I don't really believe this because I hate them all, but like, there is something kind of beautiful about our... We have the luxury to be like, dude, that fucker put his pronouns in his Twitter. What's his Twitter? Oh, it's his social media profile. How'd you find that? Oh, on my phone. Oh, so on our touchscreen computers in our pocket where we can access the global brain at the speed of light, we're mad that he has his pronoun. Yeah, that means the food's taken care of. That means the electrical grid is up. That means there aren't, you know fucking warlords in the streets like there is something i guess kind of beautiful about that
1: but just remember that that first real that first world problem or or uh, benefit that you just articulated is only th- is a veneer thin i mean it's mm.
0: oh oh yeah no sure it's a it's so, a it's I a mean, fog that minute, burns minute, off
1: in the morning light the, exactly the minute the power goes out i mean i don't fuck what, what your pronoun
0: is you got guns or yeah. not
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much
0: yeah, yeah i mean you know no, no, sure. No, un- yeah, no, no, 100%. Um, so I guess I try to look at that and, you know, I guess it makes me, anything that makes me, I guess, increase, my, increase the love for where I live. And it does help to look at it. You know, it's when, it's that realization when you have, you know, that your family's fucked up and then, like, the subsequent realization and and you're like, and it's my fucked up family and I love it it's kind of like that. It's like all the disorder and chaos here, but it's also like, yeah, but this is also like, this is my United States. Like the only consistent thing across all of my podcasts is there's a flag. Like that's it. That's the only consistency. And it's because it's truly the thing I, you know, outside of my family, it's the thing I love most in this life. And Mm -hmm. I know no one else in my generation does. They all think it's fucking evil. They're retarded and they belong in the gulags. But again, that's another rant for another time. I think that's, i I think that's maybe what I'm trying right. to find is that resolute love and belief in something it's, it's bigger still than out myself. there, but a
1: lot of a lot of a lot of people are are shy to express it because it's not the, cool it's not cool and it you know, it it's not you'll it's, get, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah but it's, I, it's I just it's fashionable
0: I, I, to hate it and call it an imperialist white supremacist whatever
1: yeah yeah come come to my v f w here in deadwood and yeah. you'll you'll get you'll get yeah, exactly yeah, that'll have that teeth to you. kicked in. Pretty close. Good thing the jail's right next door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's 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 you know it's an economy of force thing. Yes. So. Yes. Um, but I just want to also compliment you on on this Billy Wall series and and oh, some you. of the other oral history things you do. I think oral histories are uh, exceedingly important because historians tend to you know write stuff or, or and and it's okay and they but. They can't really get to the to the the war stories, and I think uh, oral histories, war stories, that sort of thing. You know, no shit, there I was, type of thing, or you know, this is what we. Those are those are cool, and people learn a lot from them, and and they're they're enjoyable, and it makes history livable and relatable. Mm. And uh, so, my uh, a hat tip to you. Thank you, sir. Maybe I'll be able now to come get another podcast. Yeah, you appearance.
0: can. You just he, he just he gets he he the ring. Take take a take a lesson, future guests. This is how you do it. You wrap it up, inflate the ego a little bit, and it that is you. You leave with the you know you leave the whatever the fuck the.
1: Yeah, I the, paid the tip. Yeah, you did, you
0: did. You did. He kissed the ring. You welcome back, my lord. Like you will be brought back to the round table. But now there is, well, there is something that like because like even just from like the podcast standpoint in terms of like it is a business and you have to you know you do have to get views. It's like sure, it's important to cover like news, right? And that's because that's what everyone's watching and you do have to, you do have to, that's just what it is. But it's also very important to get interviews of people because there's nothing cooler than if you go back and find like some 4k AI upscaled interview with, you can find them on YouTube. It'd be like, it'd be like this video was shot in 1904 of a man born in 1840. And it's oh, some geez. guy. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen them. And it's like, old guy oh they're guys like sitting on like some porch in Alabama talking about their service in the Union army or something.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah.
0: and they're all they're all touched up and stuff to make it better. But it is for all intents and purposes is like they're artificially colored and stuff and they get rid of the cracks. But really you're looking at like a woman (laughs) on a you know on a on a porch fifteen years before World War One breaks out. Uh, Excuse me. No you're fine. And she's talking about her husband going away and you know whatever fighting the confederacy and those little glimpses really do mean more than any history book you've read because you're just looking at this thing and you're like, that's it. That's the reality. And I think that is the importance Uh of, of getting interviews with people is yeah, you can read a million fucking books or you can just go like, you know, that's why when I have a big guest on here, I'll do the, I'll do the introduction. Then I'll be like, and now I'm going to shut up and
1: well, that would be a change.
0: It would be. It would be. Don't now you. Now you're walking on the ice. Now you're. Now yeah, you're. That's okay. That's now now okay. you're. Now you're taking back the. Now I. I'm yeah, looking at the okay. ring. I don't see the kiss marks anymore. I don't. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Um. I see, Ron's now maneuvering himself further, and now he's getting into the, the banter. He's turning into the court jester. He's actually getting closer to the throne. This is all very tactical. People will watch this for decades. Um, no, but, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, it's like. I don't know, I want to... I didn't get to meet him. I was going to, and he got really sick, and whatever. It wasn't in fate that I was going to meet him. But I've met several people that have met him. And it's like, I, I literally do interviews for a living. And I'm interested in it. Yep. Yeah. Like, just take... All right, yeah, clear, clear day. Find everyone you know, and just stack them all on top of each other. And then it's done, and then you don't have to do it anymore. But, yeah, I think... I think in, in conclusion, wrapping up, is I uh, so I want to, and I guess I will forever be searching for that resolute love and belief that he had in this country. Because, I mean, truly, I, I would love to work until the day I die. I would love to die at 93 and still be doing shit to the end. To me, that is, that is bliss. I hate off days. I hate achieving something. By the time I finished a goal, I'm like, yeah, let's what's the next thing? Move up. Keep moving. And that's I don't know. What a fucking legend.
1: Mhm. That's all I got. Very much so.
0: Any uh, any closing thoughts, any closing wisdom Ron?
1: No. Thank thank you so much for, you know, considering me and Sure. My my few f- short memories of Billy, but you know, it's he he was um We walk among giants and and he was one of the largest ones around yeah and we don't have many of those left
0: yeah yeah and as Rick said when I was gonna go meet him it's like be on your best behavior because this man will still kill you oh yeah and I was like I know you're not joking (laughs) I know I will just be another notch in the belt fuck that kid I'll be his final I'll be his final confirmed kill um yeah Ron thank you for your time sir guys go follow Ron Twitter's in the description OGA Ron um yeah, and thank you so much. Obviously, so this all these episodes are standalone, and then what I'm also going to do is I'm just going to uh, stitch them all together and put out one big episode. Uh, I've got a couple more. Got a couple more this week. Um, okay. I think the last one's Dale on Wednesday, and um, then I'm going to put them all together and have one big Watt episode. So, Ron, thank you for your time, sir. And uh, always welcome. Yep. And uh, yeah, guys, go read about Billy Watt, man. Go take go go take two seconds and at least you know enlighten yourself of who he was because. He is an inspiring character. And uh, yeah, that guy loved this place till, till his final breath. And I think that's something that unfortunately we uh, are in desperate need of. But, you yeah. know, Ron, thank you, sir. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Till next time, brother. Thank you Recording so much. Stopped. Take care, everybody. Peace.